Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, Elevate Church, why don't you stay standing? Because before we dive into our fourth and final message in this series called Unseen, I wanna tell you that starting next week, we're beginning a brand new series called For God So Loved. For God so loved that he gave. For God so loved Erie. For God so loved me. For God so loved you, right? That he gave. God is a giver. And God's love is demonstrated in the act of giving. And so we're gonna start this series next week and it's gonna culminate in our annual Until Jesus Runs This Town offering that many of you know that is our year in giving opportunity to advance the mission of God through this church in our city. And so here's what we always say. We don't tell you what to bring on December 5th and 6th that weekend. We just say, pray about it. Ask God what he would have you do and then just do whatever he lays on your heart. So that offering is gonna happen on December 5th and 6th. And then during November, guys, we have a brotherhood event that is gonna blow you away. There's gonna be fire, there's gonna be axes, there's gonna be barbecue, there's gonna be bull riding. And my great friend, Pastor Pierre Duplessis, who is a South African, he's gonna be here to bring the word. He's like a spiritual uncle to me. And I know it's just gonna be a great time together hanging out with the bros. Now space is limited, so grab your boys and register early. Go to elevatechurch.com forward slash bro and register early. Guys, again, we are not great at doing this early, so make sure that you sign up. All right, here we go. Luke. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 49. I'm going to read one verse and then I'm going to pray and we're going to dive in one verse. There's a whole lot more coming, but I think we need to start with this, this one. And uh, in fact, while you guys are turning there, how about that great timely word from Pastor Will last week? Come on, somebody show him some love. Man, that's such a great word about how we deal with and the weapons that we have at our disposal against our enemy. Well, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, uh, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and this is after his resurrection. So he was uh, risen from the dead, and he's about to return to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, which that's where he is right now, by the way. And he says this, check it out, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay, somebody say stay, come on, stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high, clothed with power from on high. Kind of sounds like a, a superhero costume. Maybe you, you threw on a superhero costume or about to this weekend. Um, in fact, that might not be too far removed from the truth, this clothed with power from on high. As we wrap up this series on the unseen and we're, we've been taking a look at our lives as followers of Jesus and the battle that we are in both in the natural and in the spiritual realms, and of course, we wanna win that battle, right? We want to win against our unseen enemy. But I submit that if we're going to win, you need a power that's beyond you. Come on, we need some super added to our natural. Let me pray and then we'll take a seat. God, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would move in this moment that we have together. That as we open up your word, God, that it would challenge us, that it would change our lives, and God, we pray that we would not leave here the same way that we came in. We love you in Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Come on, you can have a seat. I want to talk to you today from this title, The Super to My Natural. Because in this text, Jesus says to his disciples, I want you to stay. I want you to stay. Now, that's never really a word, right, that, that we want to hear from the Lord. At least for me, it's not. Like the word stay isn't the word I want to receive. When I, when I go to God and I pray through some new opportunities or things that I think he wants me to do, stay isn't what I'm looking for. Like I'm looking for the word go. I'm looking for the word attack, you know, charge the hill. Anybody else? Come on, I just want the green light. I want God to say, hey, Colby, whatever is in your heart, like I'm with you, but stay? That's not what we're looking for. When there's a, a promotion at work and we bring it before the Lord and he says, stay, but we want to transfer and we want that promotion. None of us want that answer. Or, or maybe you finally worked up the courage to ask her out in person, not on Facebook Messenger. You put down the video game controller, you brushed your teeth and you went to pray about it and God said, stay. And you're like, no, 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 come on, God, she's, she's hot. And God's like, no, stay, right? It's a trap. It's the devil, an angel of light. Come on, somebody, remember? Stay. Stay, that's the word Jesus uses. Now, we don't often want to stay, but many times, that's what God gives us. He gives us a stay command. He gives us a stay instruction. And how many of you have discovered, though, like if you've lived life uh, long enough to know that when God says stay, but you still go, it never ends well. In fact, when God says, stay, but you, you take the step anyway, it doesn't work out to your benefit in the long run. And often, our impatience can impede the work of God in our life because he says, stay, but we want to go. And perhaps, you know, we would think that he would give uh, his disciples a different instruction, maybe something with a little more clarity. You know, like, guys, I'm about to send you out, and I'm going to build this thing called the church, and, and you're going to do it, and I'm about to go to the Father, but, but you're going to build this, and, and you're going to share the gospel with the world, and eventually he does say that, right? He says, go and take the good news to the ends of the earth, to spread this message as far and as fast as you possibly can, but you might think the instruction would at least be something spiritual. Like, you might think Jesus would say, I'm about to go to the Father, so stay here and, and maybe worship together or stay here and, and huddle up and have a small group together. You would think there would be some of that, but he simply says, stay. Because the issue wasn't progress of the movement, it was process. It wasn't just progress. It wasn't just go, advance the movement, fulfill the mission. No, no, no. It was about the process. And I would propose to you the same is true for you. That whenever Jesus says stay to something in your life, it's not about him impeding your progress. It's about you not missing something in the process. And the reality is that, that life really is all about a, a few different things, sowing, watering, and reaping. That basically uh, is what life is all about. It's about sowing into relationships. It's about cultivating that relationship through time and energy. And then you reap the harvest of that relationship that, you know, that you've, you've sown into, or it's about sowing into a career. You water that career, you nurture that career, and then you reap the benefits of that investment. You, you sow into education, right? You water it through hard work and homework and, and study, and then you complete it and you reap the harvest of graduation. Generosity is the same way. 
If you're a generous person, the Bible says that when you give and you, you, you're, you're faithful in your giving, then you'll reap a harvest, a reward. Uh, you'll get a return on that investment. You, you build a business and you sow into it. You, you, know, you use your blood, sweat, and tears, your grit and time and energy, but eventually you reap a harvest out of it. But here's what you've got to remember. The harvest that you are standing in today did not get sown today. It was sown at a time before today. And if I stop sowing today, then I'll have no harvest for tomorrow. So at the time I'm, I'm reaping the benefits of a, a yesterday seed that I've sown, I've got to continue to sow today's seed. That's why victory is not won in your life, by the way, in a singular big moment. Victory is won in your life through consistency, through day after day, come on, of faithful sowing because God is a God of process while he's a God of progress. And we want the progress. Like we want the favor, do we not? We want the blessing, but we don't get the progress without the process. It's, it's not growing weary and doing good because in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. But here's the challenge. Often we'll stop sowing. And we'll stop sowing in the middle of a harvest time, like when, when things are going our way, when things are going good, like uh, things are moving in our direction. Maybe you feel like you finally arrived someplace and you're, you're praying and, and seeking God every day. And now you're reaping the benefits of the, the seeds that you've sown. And it's like life's pretty good. And as a result of that, you've stopped sowing or maybe at least have slowed your sowing. But here's the reality. We won't realize just how dangerous that is until we get to the day when you and I need a new harvest and we discover that we go out to an empty field, right? You get out to the field and realize I have sown no seeds for this season because I quit sowing in the season when the harvest was plentiful. And this is true in relationships. Hey, if you quit sowing into that marriage, don't be surprised when a year or two down the road you show up and there's no harvest of love. Don't be surprised when you show up and there's no harvest of, of intimacy, no harvest of fruitfulness in that relationship because you didn't sow into it. You can't reap what you didn't sow. Or, or don't be surprised, practically speaking, when you get to retirement and you ain't got no money, right? If you, if you didn't set some aside in a good season, come on, somebody, you know, then it's, it's not gonna be there later on when you need it. It's all about process. And Jesus knew he did not want the disciples to go do anything yet, to progress yet, to have the, the movement of the church begin yet because they were missing something. And it's not that he didn't want the movement to continue, it's that he knew they were missing something they would need in order for the movement to continue because he's a God of process. He's a God that will give you something in one season because he knows you'll need it in the next season. But how many of you know often what he gives you in one season is in the form of a seed. And if you plant that seed and nurture that seed and grow that seed, then you'll have the harvest that you need in the next season. I heard it illustrated this way. So, uh, someone uh, said, God, I need a table. God, I need a dining room table. Give me, give me a table. And so God showed them a tree. And he said, I've given you the seed for the table, but you gotta go cut the tree down Right, you gotta saw the tree, you gotta cut it into planks, then you gotta nail it together, and then you can have the dining room table. When we wanna go to God and, and say, God, just give us a table and go, you know, poof, here's your dining room table. But God says, no, I'll give you a seed because he's a God of process. 
This the same is true in education. You don't go to 12th grade before you go to third grade. Why? Because there's some things that you need to get in elementary school that will prepare you for middle school. And there are some things in middle school that you need in order to be ready for high school. And if you don't get the things that you need in high school, you'll not be prepared for college. In fact, if you're, if you're like me, you go to college unprepared, you can take a class that you pay for, by the way, but you don't get credit for. In my class, in my case, it was called Math 090, right? Because you tried to skip the process or, or maybe you're just terrible at math. Now, I'm just telling you, God wants progress in your life. He wants to prosper you. He wants to not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. He has a purpose for your life. He wants to bless you, but he blesses you through, don't miss this, a process. And I say that because Jesus knew Like, I need to sow something in you. That's what he's telling the disciples. I need to sow something in you because if I don't, then you're not gonna be able to handle what I have next for you. I've gotta get something in you now so you're prepared for what's next. And some of you, come on, you're trying. You're trying to dismiss the season that you're in and the struggle that you're in. And I'm telling you that God is using this struggle. He's using this season to deposit something in you now that you're going to need next. So maybe this is a word for somebody. Stop resisting and pushing against it and start receiving and saying, like Samuel said, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. What are you wanting to say to me, God? But here's what Jesus knew with the disciples they needed. He said, stay until. Look at that again. Stay until. He didn't say stay forever, but he said stay until you are clothed with power. Think about that word clothed. I love the image that Jesus gives us. He says until you are clothed with it. He didn't say until you, you know, read more scriptures about it. He didn't say until you have watched me do enough powerful things. He said, but until you yourself have been clothed with power. And it's not just the the 12 disciples, by the way, but everybody that was there in the room, all 100 plus people in the upper room, he said, "You're, you're gonna be clothed with something that without it, you won't be able to advance this movement. He was telling them that I'm gonna send someone. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in John chapter 16, verse seven, it says, but I tell you the truth. Listen to this wording. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, now, hold up real quick. If I was one of the 12 and I had walked with Jesus, I'm thinking, that's not an advantage at all. Like, I'd rather have you here, right? Are you with me? I'd rather have Jesus here, the guy who heals the sick, the guy who raises the dead. Like, I want him with me. But Jesus himself says, it's gonna be to your advantage that I go, that I'm sending someone else that's gonna be better for you than even me being here with you personally. It says it's to your advantage that I I go away because if I don't, check it out, the helper or the comforter, the advocate or the intercessor, the counselor, the the strengthener, this is the amplified version of God's word, by the way, or, or the one who's on standby will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. Not something that I just read about, not something that I've just heard about, not something that is far off even, not something that when the music is just right, you know, and the the bass is just right and the atmosphere is right in worship, that's when I feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps. He says, no, 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 I'm gonna send someone to be 
in close fellowship with you. In fact, another version says to be in you. That whenever I am clothed, I'm completely covered. In fact, he says, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit and he's going to, to fill you. In fact, that's what happens, by the way, when you say yes to Jesus. Like the moment that you give your life to Jesus and you call him uh, Lord of your life, that he fills you with his spirit. The spirit comes to live inside of you and fills you up and gives you gifts of the spirit and gives you the fruit of the spirit and just enables you for righteous living. You're filled with him and he strengthens you. He's your advocate. He's your helper. He's going to be inside of you and consume every part of you. And Jesus is saying it's much better, right? That that person, the Holy Spirit is with you than that I am with you. In fact, keep reading. It says, because he will cover the earth. He can go with you wherever you go, every single one of you. And Jesus knew the battle that they would face. He knew the, the fight that they were uh, going to face was not against flesh and blood, but was against principalities and darkness and powers in the heavenlies. And he knew that they could not go in their own strength or in their own power, but they better go with a supernatural power. So he says, stay, stay here until you are clothed with power. It's the difference of being filled with the Holy Spirit and being completely loaded down into the Spirit, being completely clothed and captured by God's Spirit. In fact, do you know how I know that you're trying to live and move in this life in your own strength? Because some of you have not been dealing so well with the challenges of this season that we're in. I'm not just talking about new regulations. I'm not talking about what you can or can't do and whether there's an executive order or not. I'm talking about you haven't done well in your soul. You haven't done well in your heart, in your, your mind. And it's because you haven't developed this relationship where you have been completely clothed with the Holy Spirit. See, it's one thing to invite Jesus to live inside of you. It's another thing to be clothed with a supernatural power. The kind of power that, that stands with you in the fire and causes you to come out not even smelling like smoke on the other side. It's the kind of power that's in the boat with you. When the storm is raging all around you and can speak a word in us in an instant and calm you. And if you don't begin sowing into that relationship now, developing that relationship now when it comes time and you need a harvest of it in your life, you'll walk up to an empty field. Because again, I'm telling you, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against an unseen enemy. Your battle is not against mask or no mask. You know that, right? Your battle is not against black or white. Your battle is not Republican or Democrat. Your battle is not CNN or Fox News. Your battle is not liberal, progressive, conservative. Your battle is not flesh and blood. And if we're not clothed, completely clothed, Empower, not that you've just read about it or heard about it, but you've experienced it. See, I need the power of God in my life that, that I don't have to call on somebody when something goes wrong. I can, and there's nothing wrong with that, but because I'm clothed with his power. And by the way, you should know that this is not something that's for super Christians. Look at the, look at the pedigree that was present in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. Peter, he was there. Peter, you know who cut off your boy's ear? 
Peter who had a, a cussing problem, Peter who denied Jesus, right? He was in the room. You had former prostitutes that were in the room. Matthew, the tax collector, he was in the room. He robbed his own people blind through their taxes. And you thought and you have been taught that this was, this was for, for some super select group of Christians to be clothed in the spirit, to be clothed with power. No, this is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And so I wanna share with you three things today that the Holy Spirit does for you, three ways he empowers you. And I know perhaps some of you are like, man, Colby, I don't know, talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of makes me nervous. Like I've just seen too much weird stuff, you know, people running around and, and barking like dogs. Listen, listen, the Holy Spirit does not make you weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit makes you powerful. The Holy Spirit makes you anointed. The Holy Spirit makes it so that when you walk into a room, demons got to run out of the room. And you need that in your life. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, mom and dad, there's going to be things that your kids face that you don't need to call the church. You don't need to call the pastor. You need to have power right in the moment to lay hands on your child and pray over them. That's what you need. It was about a year or so ago that Kristen and I were uh, at a church in Memphis, Tennessee, just kind of learning from an incredible pastor. And we get a call at about uh, 11 o'clock at night. And this was in central time. So it was about 11 or 12 o'clock here. And it was my son, Jake. And Jake just picks up the phone and, and he's calling and he's crying. He's just bawling. And my mother-in-law is staying with him, but she doesn't know he's on the phone. And, and he's just bawling, crying. He's like, mom, 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 he's just crying. And Kristen's trying to, you know, kind of calm him down. It's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And what had happened was he said, you know how you told us that God's word says to pray for our enemies? Because we've been talking about praying for our enemies. We've been praying for our neighbors. We've been praying for people at school. He said, well, I decided to pray for the greatest enemy, and that is Satan. And so my, my 13-year-old, who was 12 at the time, prayed for Satan because he's an enemy, a great enemy of God. And he said in the moment he started praying for him that something just kind of popped up and down his back in his spine, like just pop, 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 pop. And it terrified him. He got out of bed. He couldn't sleep. So he picked up the phone. And how many of you know, in that moment, Kristen and I are praying over the phone with Jake. We rebuke the enemy in Jesus name. The devil has no claim in our house. God, Satan must flee. Like you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to clothe you and to equip you because our fight's not against flesh and blood. We have an unseen enemy. And because we're facing an unseen enemy that prowls around, right? The Bible says like a, a lion looking for someone to devour. The world simply does not need nice little Christians walking around with natural power. It needs Christians that are walking around with a supernatural strength that comes from above. So just hear me clearly. This is not a Pentecostal thing. This is not a charismatic thing. This is not a denominational thing. This is a Jesus and a word of God thing. And these are the words of Jesus. He says, it's better. Like, you don't get it. It's better that I go because I'm sending someone else that will clothe you with power from heaven. And you need that power from heaven in your life. Business owner, come on. You've had to make some tough decisions this year that impact the lives of, of many people. You need the power from heaven. Mom and dad, you need the power of heaven on your life. Teachers, come on. Educators, right? God bless you, 
but you need the power of heaven in your life. Students, like you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So let me give you three things real quick that the Holy Spirit uh, empowers us to do. And the first is this, write it down, to live holy. He enables us to live holy. Now, I know as soon as I say that, some of you are like, Colby, man, I liked it more when you talked about the power and the miracles and the breakthrough and defeating the enemy. But how many of you know the greatest enemy is often the one that we look at in the mirror every single day? And we need power to live holy. John 16 uh, tells us that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, leads us into righteous living. John 16, 13, he talks about him being a guide. He's guiding us into all truth because there is a big difference between living holy and looking holy. Like what does is, what is holy living look like? Maybe you grew up in an environment where holy looked like a, a suit and a tie. Or holy, you know, look like having your hair did. You got some big hair, maybe some big teeth, right? Maybe that's what holy looked like. These days, people give the appearance of holy, not through a shirt and a tie and a sport coat, but through social media posts. Look how holy I am. Check out my latest, you know, repost of, of this well-known pastor or that well-known preacher or, or, you know, look at me with my Bible here opened up, you know, in the, the sunset. Come on, that's not holiness. That's the appearance of holy. And that's looking holy. That's not living holy. And I've discovered that holiness is, is whenever I'm doing my best to live as Christ. Like it means that when, when people are mean to me, that instead of responding in revenge, I respond with forgiveness. That's, that's holiness. It means that maybe I, I don't go to some places that, that others go to because I'm protecting my eyes, I'm protecting my heart and my mind. It means that just because the latest and greatest social media app is popular doesn't mean it's not a pollutant to my soul. Are you with me? Like that's holiness. And can I tell you something? The Christian life, listen, if you don't hear anything else, the Christian life is impossible. It's not just hard. It is impossible without the power of the spirit of God living inside of you. Without the Holy Spirit living in me. See, I can, I can maybe make it a couple of days on my own, just doing my best, just trying hard. And this is why for some of you, the Christian life has been so frustrating because you're struggling to, to live, struggling just to survive instead of allowing the Spirit of God to, to live through you and cause you to thrive. Romans 8, 5 through 6, it says that those who are dominated by the sinful nature that's what they think about. They think about sinful things. In other words, that's their mindset. It's uh, you, you hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you back. You wrong me, I'm gonna wrong you. That's my mindset. My mind is set on things that, that I want or things that, that I want to do or what I can get. And he goes on to say, but those who are controlled by the spirit, they think about something else. They think about those things that please the spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of me, whenever I get into a situation, I recognize, no, 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 man, that's not, that's not the direction that God wants me to go. You know, those are, are thoughts of my sinful nature, but the Spirit inside of me wants to guide me into truth and, and into forgiveness. And so I say, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love instead. No, no, I'm gonna tear down biases instead. No, no, I'm gonna live with purity. I'm not gonna sleep around, right? I'm gonna set my things, my mind, on what the Spirit desires, Verse six, because letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to 
What is that? Death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Come on, anybody want life and peace in this season? But in order for that to happen, listen, you have to sow into and to develop a relationship with the, the Holy Spirit. Not that he's just inside of you, but that you are clothed with power. I mean, some of you grew up in a church, perhaps like I did, where the Holy Spirit was never mentioned because you were told he's weird, he'll make you do weird things, like lift your hands during a worship song. You know, that's super crazy, which by the way, that's not the crazy Holy Spirit causing you to do that. That's simply people worshiping God, how he likes to be worshiped. But the Holy Spirit is your power and is your strength, which is why more than anything, we don't want you in a religion. We want you in a relationship. And Jesus said, it's better if I go. Like it's to your advantage if I go. And if you want an advantage in this life, then you have to get a close fellowship, be in close fellowship, be clothed with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're clothed with the Holy Spirit, then you're under the right influence. If you wanna live under the influence of the world and of culture, then just by all means continue to feed that. Continue to feed, well, I'm just gonna think the way the news tells me to think and I'll respond the way the news tells me to respond. No, no, you get to choose what you're controlled by. And I'm telling you, you have the power to live a holy life right now. If you are a child of God, you have the power to live holy. I guess the question for you is, are you developing that? And and a good way to know, by the way, if you are developing that is when you pray, who do you talk to the most? Like, is there a moment in your prayers where you say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, strengthen me today. Holy Spirit, consume my thoughts. You know, Holy Spirit, anoint me from the the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Holy Spirit, give me your power, or do you leave him out of the conversation? Is it simply all just God and Jesus? You know, are you developing your relationship with the Holy Spirit? He will empower you to live a holy life. Here's the second thing he'll empower you to do. And that is to live on mission. Live on mission. See, some people have said, Coley, I just don't know. I don't know about inviting someone to church. I certainly don't know about sharing my faith with someone. That's kind of awkward. It's kind of scary. Well, can I tell you something? I'd be scared to death too. Like I'd be scared to death if I did not have the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my what? Say it out loud. You'll be my, come on, witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. And witnesses do what they tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Gerard, Wasburg, Titusville, right? To the ends of the earth. But without the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, then you won't have the power to be his witness. Because the Holy Spirit will clothe you with this power that is supernatural, that allows you in a moment, when you're in a conversation, you don't know the words to say, it allows you in the moment to have the right words. It's, it's almost like, man, I didn't even know where that came from. I, don't, I didn't come up with that. And you're right, you didn't. It was the Spirit of God on the inside of you who gave you the words, who gave you the, the power in the moment to be on the mission of Jesus. Because how many of you know the mission This mission, this is not a natural mission. Like, can I tell you, there's nothing natural about sharing with someone that a supernatural God 
sent his supernatural and natural son, right? Because Jesus was fully God and fully man into this world. That he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life because he was on a crash course with the cross to be the once and for all final payment for the sins of the world. There's nothing natural about our, our mission, but we need the power for this mission to tell people the good news of the gospel because our battle, again, is not against flesh and blood. And I'm not saying that there's a, a devil under every rock. You know, I don't get a flat tire and go, I rebuke the devil, you know, and I don't do that. I ran over a nail, you know, it's my fault. I'm just telling you, there are things in your life and I believe are certainly heightened in this season. That is one of the reasons for this series called Unseen, where the enemy is attacking you and wanting to prohibit you and stop you from being on the mission of Jesus in every area of your life, by the way. And the enemy is on his mission, and guess what? He's committed to it. He's committed to stealing from you. He's committed to killing things in your life, to destroying things in your life, and you can't simply match his passion and his level of commitment. Otherwise, you're gonna be spinning your wheels. You're gonna be getting frustrated. No, you gotta go above that level. You gotta go harder than he goes, and you can only do that when you're clothed with power. Here's the last thing I wanna give you. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Come on, not like, not like pseudo-supernaturally, like legitimately supernaturally. I'm talking about the fact that God still does miracles. Like you realize that, right? God still heals bodies. He still breaks addictions. He still mends broken marriages. Like God is in this moment right now still doing what you've read about him doing in his word. But listen to me, he works on the earth through his people who are clothed with the spirit. Listen to what scripture says. First Corinthians chapter two, Paul said this. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and pervasive words, but with a what? A demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Paul said, look, I didn't come to you with the best message. Like, I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words, but what I did come to you with was a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. I came to you with something more, something that was supernatural. And I'm just telling you, Hey, the situations and the circumstances in life that, that you're in, you are not held captive to them. You are not just some weak, little, feeble, powerless Christian walking around. That the enemy would love you to believe that. He would love you to believe that you just kind of have to go through life and suffer through life and suffer through addictions and I'm just gonna have to deal with this issue and things will never change. I'll always be this way. And you might be living that way, but you don't have to when you are clothed with the power of the Spirit of God. In fact, Luke 19 says this, I've given you authority. Church, you have authority, which means why on earth are you accepting something you have authority over? Like why on earth would you be accepting anxiety in your life when you have authority? Why would you be accepting a, a bad marriage 
in your life when you have authority over it? Why would you accept addictions to pornography or drugs or alcohol in your life? Why would you just accept things that you have authority over? He says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and listen, to overcome the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy. I just wonder, are we even awake today? Like, do we, are we even aware of the, the enemy's schemes and how he works against us when God wants to clothe us with power and to give you authority to trample on the works of the enemy in your life? I just need to remind you today that you are not under the devil's feet, that he is under your feet in Jesus' name, that you are not under his authority, you are not under his charge, that the enemy is defeated, the Lord has conquered it all. Come on, look at the cross. Jesus is victorious. Jesus has empowered you and filled you with the spirit of God. Come on, right now, stand up to your feet, wherever you are in this room, or if you're watching from home, stand up to your feet. Here's what you need to know. You've been given authority. You've been given authority. When I came out here today, I just walked around our parking lot and I went, God, I declare that I am filled with the anointing of God. Like never before, I declare that the Holy Spirit has empowered me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I declare, I, in fact, I prayed this over you, that everybody joining us online today, no matter if you're a part of, of this room or in your own living room, that I wish that you just begin to, to get the confidence inside of you that it's not by your power, it's not by your might, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord that you would be clothed with the power of the Spirit of God inside of you. That when you, when you serve, when you serve the Savior that got up out of the tomb, who's defeating the enemy once and for all, like why would you ever walk around with your head down? Why would you accept something that you have authority over? He says, I've given you authority. And by the way, you need to know, God's not going to take authority over things that he's given you authority over. Like why would he do your job he says, I want you to be clothed with power. I'm just praying you get a spirit inside of you that goes, you know what? I take authority over the attacks of the enemy and my family. I take authority right now over the enemy who's been attacking my kids. And I'm taking authority over the enemy and his works in my life and saying, not today, devil, not today. Not in my generation, not in my house, right? Will that happen? Students, you need to rise up and be clothed with the Spirit of God and go, not in my school, not in my time, not in this generation. Come on, you've been given authority. So that means addictions don't have to be your story. Depression doesn't have to be your story. Anxiety doesn't have to be your story because you are filled with the Spirit and the power of the living God inside of you and demons have to run in Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.